0: Welcome to a Nutrition and Clinical Practice Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeanette Hassey, the Editor-in-Chief of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. The theme for the April 2019 issue of NCP is Challenges of Home, Parenteral, and Enteral Nutrition. So one of the complications many of us do not even consider or plan for is how to manage home, parenteral, and enteral nutrition during disasters. Joining me today to address the topic are two of the authors from the paper entitled Home Parental and Enteral Nutrition During Natural Disasters, a Guide for Clinicians and Consumers, which is published in the April 2019 issue of NCP. The first author is Dr. Carol Lyerson-Jones. She's a registered dietitian. She works with NutriShare Incorporated and is also in private practice with her company, Good Nutrition for Good Living in Dallas, Texas. One of her co-authors is Dr. Reed Nishikawa, a PharmD and Director of Clinical Services and Research for Nutrishare Inc. in Elk Grove, California, and he's joining me today as well. So before we start our discussion, thank you for joining us, and I'd like to ask Dr. Carol Arton Jones and Dr. Reed Nishikawa if they have any disclosures on this topic to share.
1: Uh, this is Carol, and my only disclosure is that I work with Nutrishare Inc which is a home infusion provider.
2: That would be my um, uh, disclosure is that I, I am the coordinator clinical service director of research for NutriShare um, in Elk Grove here in California.
0: So, reading Carol, I'm really excited to have you guys here because between the two of you, we have a lot of experience in dealing with the topic today. And you discussed this thoroughly in the paper, but if you could, for our listeners, give us some tips that are going to help our home parenteral and enteral nutrition customers or our consumers to be prepared for disasters. I mean, sometimes we know that there are warnings for disasters like hurricanes or blizzards, and sometimes there's no warning, such as when a tornado comes through. So if you can kind of walk us through some basic disaster plans and specifically address some supplies, you know, what's essential for enteral versus parental consumers. And then if you know a storm or disaster is impending, is there anything additional you should do at that time?
1: Well, thank you, Jeanette. as we were talking about this as we prepared to write the paper, um, a couple of things come to mind. Um, the most important thing that I would tell anyone, and I'm going to say this to you also, Jeanette, even though you're not a home parental or enteral nutrition consumer, everyone needs a disaster plan. And um, a plan of what will happen if you have bad weather. So, for our consumers, I think the biggest thing is to start now and make a plan. And as you begin to make this plan, what Reed and I both agreed on is assume you will lose power, because that tends to be the biggest challenge for everyone. You will lose power. And then remember that you were going to get online and look at what the emergency plan or emergency suggestions were for you. Well, when you don't have power, you don't have your computer. And so you can't do that. So I think the first thing that we would say is to start now and make a plan. And in that plan, assume that you will lose power. The first thing then, as you're starting to make a plan, is what are your key supplies that you will need? These are actually listed, I think, in the um, in the paper, but uh, key supplies will be, especially for parenteral nutrition patients, you will need an ice chest and some frozen ice packs. For enteral consumers in particular, uh, fresh water, but that's and safe water, but that's also true for our parenteral patients as well. Another thing um, that is important is to keep batteries. Keep your backup battery charged and have adequate batteries available, whether it's enteral or parenteral nutrition. And regarding that ice chest and those ice packs, you can get them today. Batteries as well. Keep the batteries and rotate these because um, if you have them today, you won't have to worry about going out and getting them when suddenly it's the season or it's an emergency. Reed, would you like to expand on that?
2: Well, I think that um, when you consider the strategy for planning for a disaster, which you hope never comes. Um, that you have to take into consideration uh, the storage of your PN or EN parental nutrition or enteral nutrition, and as Carol uh, mentioned, that with the loss of power, you will have to consider the use of ice chests and ice packs, and those must be um, prepared in advance. So. If you're going to use ice packs to keep your PN at the proper temperature, which is refrigerated, you'll need to have them frozen uh, at all times. And then when Carol and I talked this morning about natural disasters, they come in different types and different levels of urgency. Um, And most of them give you some advanced notice, such as um, floods hurricanes, blizzards or even ice storms so you have some advanced notice it's not just minutes of, of notice as in a tornado In terms of supplies that you must um, consider maintaining an inventory of we require our consumers who live in areas where the risk of a natural disaster you know is um, is higher than a lot of the country. We ask them to maintain a three to five-day supply of all the supplies they would need to administer their therapy. In addition, we would um, recommend to those that have short bowel syndrome to consider having a supply of oral rehydration salts, bottled water, uh, IV fluid that they may be able to use at, um, in case of an emergency. Carol- Can you talk a little bit more about battery um, backups for pumps?
1: Absolutely. And I wanted to um, add to what Reed had just said, uh, because for enteral or parenteral patients, say say, um, this is not the time to, to go out and see if you can eat something. If you haven't been eating anything, if you've been on a, an enteral diet, or you've been very particularly following your short bowel syndrome diet, um, this is why we suggest that you have the oral rehydration salts, the ORS packets, available with some some fresh water, whether you make the packet in a liter or a smaller bottle, because keeping you hydrated or keeping our consumers hydrated is very important. As far as the batteries go, you should keep a supply of batteries on hand that fits the pump that you use. Some of the pumps have a plug-in battery pack, so you usually keep it charged in the wall. If this is true, then you should keep one that is charged. And when the battery would be out, it would have been one that had been charged. And hopefully in time you will get to a location where you can get power again. That kind of leads me to a couple of things that I, I wanted to mention. One is if it's important for you to leave, then you should leave. If you've been suggested to evacuate, you probably need to evacuate. And in fact, um, you should be one of the first that evacuates if you have significant medical needs such as enteral or parenteral nutrition. So when you get ready to leave, there's some things you should take with you. A medication list and your medical records, if at all possible. Uh, Some people have these in a Word document, so you can take it on a USB. But having that medication list and medical records is very important. You can take a photo of your PN label or your EN label so you know what product you're using, if it's central, or you know what is in your parenteral nutrition formulation. These are things that you can take with you. Also, we, we talked about um, having a meeting place. So let your family know where you're going to go or, or your infusion provider, where you're going to go, so that they will be able to contact you. Did you want to add anything to that, Reed?
2: Well, the only thing that I wanted to add is um, about the issue of communication. Uh, as Carol mentioned, when these natural disasters happen, we can sort of assume, you can assume that uh, the power will be lost, so your standard house phone may not work, your cell phone may be the only form of communication that you have. However, it's not um, 100% reliable as the cell phone towers and that method of communication may become unavailable to you. Irrespective of that loss of power and availability of a cell phone, that you have to consider keeping your cell phone charged and even having a backup battery to carry with you because if you don't have power, then you can't charge your phone, but if you have a charged backup cell, then you could charge your cell phone from that and have communication when the cell phone service returns. So that would be my only comment uh, to anybody that lives in a place that may be subject to a natural disaster.
0: One of the things that I wanted to just comment on is that when you, Carol, started talking about this and you're saying everyone needs to have a plan and you're going to lose power, I think a lot of us don't think to have a printed piece of paper. And this sounds like something that even you should have a printed list of all the things that you need and the communications you should have so that if you can't access your phone or your computer, you would have it there. So I I think that was another interesting tip that I picked up on. So I know in your paper, you guys listed several websites, and I want to refer our our readers to that for the home, parental, and enteral consumers, but do you have any specific recommendations or any favorite must-have resources that you're going to recommend either to consumers or providers on this topic?
1: It was interesting that I was looking at one of my best sources, which is specifically for home, parental, and enteral nutrition patients. Uh, www.oley.org, Oley, and um, there, this is in the paper, so I would um, encourage people to look at that. I was quite surprised to see that I had written the paper on emergency preparedness, but uh, besides that, that is a great one. And also in that, within that website, there is a tube feeding emergency kit recommendation so if if you're looking for something that's pretty inclusive I think that is a uh, website and you can look in the for the key word emergency emergency preparedness and then something I also saw is you can google emergency preparedness and get the government website which is www.ready.gov forward slash make a plan there's quite a bit of information in that it's not specific to uh, parental or enteral nutrition but it's it could be helpful for everyone and it's sort of the overall base that you need as well when you have a natural natural disaster or something that you need to be aware of and make some quick changes in your
0: location I think we've been talking a lot about what we expect to our patients or our consumers to do. What are some things that we as nutrition care practitioners who support these patients do before, during, or even after the disasters?
2: Well, I think the most, one of the most important things you do in terms of strategy um, to prepare yourselves for a natural disaster is to have a checklist, a, a disaster checklist. And the disaster checklist should be customizable for each um each patient, whether they're on PN or whether they're on EN, each individual consumer must go through their this um, disaster checklist and make sure, in advance of any uh, natural disaster, that everything that they're supposed to do, they have done. Because in the in the moment of a crisis, it's easy to forget something that is essential that would allow you to be safe.
1: I agree with that. And I also think as, as professionals, whether it's with the infusion provider, the DME company, or the team that you work with at the hospital, we need to ask our, our consumers, do you have a, a disaster plan? And then second of all, well, let's go over it so you know that you've covered everything. Maybe you've forgotten the most important thing. One thing we haven't mentioned on our discussion today was hand sanitizer. Um, Maybe that's because we have hand sanitizer everywhere when we are uh, working with home parenteral and enteral nutrition, but we should have that. We should say that. So there's things that you can work with your patients um, proactively and in advance. And again, one of the things, um, if some of our enteral patients may be getting leader bags of Their enteral nutrition, well, maybe since you're you're preparing for an emergency, maybe you want to keep uh, a supply of 12-ounce cans so you don't have to, say, um, worry about putting something back in the refrigerator that you don't have at this time. I think the real important piece here is communication. You are talking to your consumers. And sometimes that communication may be I know that you think that this storm is not going to come to you, but just in case, wouldn't you like to be safer than sorry? So I think it is uh, up to all of us who are uh, working with our consumers at, at home to um, encourage them to, to seek safety.
2: In addition to what Carol said, uh, as, as- nutrition care practitioners, uh, one of the best things that we can do to support our consumers during, before, during, or after the disasters is make sure that they think in advance, be prepared, use a disaster planning checklist, and be proactive instead of reactive so that, you know, you've thought of everything possible before the disaster occurs. Now for Um, non-tornado disasters, natural disasters, you have a little bit more time, not that much more time, but still more time than minutes. So in cases where uh, the consumers live in an area where they may be subject to tornadoes with only minutes of warning, the time to prepare for the the disaster is not when they hear the warning, but far in advance of that. And so um, that's what we can do as healthcare professionals to help them prepare for, you know, the worst-case scenario.
0: So in all the years you two have been working with home nutrition clients, I'm sure you've seen this. What do you do if your patients fail to prepare for a disaster and they're calling you in a panic when a disaster occurs, or you have a disaster that you're not planning? to have like a tornado and it totally wipes out all your supplies, even if you had prepared, what do you do at that point? Well, you know, I have been
1: doing this for many years, but I can give you even recent challenges that we've had. One of them, which we wrote about in the article, one of our consumers was very concerned about the hurricane that was coming. So she moved to dry land. And of course when she moved to dry land, wouldn't you know that that area was flooded. So sometimes when you make a plan, you have to make a second plan. So that was one of the most challenging that I found recently. And um along with that, she she continued to be in touch with her provider. But um, there was a lot of logistics because she she was moving and moving and finally moved a third time. So um, that's one of the most one of the uh, most complex ones, I guess, I've had just that she had to move a couple of times. Then um, I think there's the biggest challenge to me is those people who say, you know what? I think it's going to be fine. Even though the weatherman said, no, it's not going to be fine. And oh, by the way, you live on the coast. So I I think my biggest challenge is is when people have said, oh, it's going to be fine, and then it's not. Well, they're challenged, and then their provider may be challenged also in getting things to them because of the effect of the down power lines or or challenges in flooding, et cetera. Reid, what about you?
2: I think one of the um, lessons that that we've learned in dealing with consumers who are experiencing or involved with a natural disaster is that very type of consumer who is in denial that a disaster is happening and they want to stay where they are they're at. So my role is to communicate them what I know about the weather and the risks and the fact that you will need certain IV fluids, PN, supplies, um, batteries for your pumps, and, and everything that they would need to continue their therapy, whether it's PN or EN, and also communicate to them that if you elect to stay against our recommendations and the local authorities' um, recommendations to evacuate, then your only option, if you decide to stay against professional advice, should something happen where you lose power, you, all your supplies are wiped out because of the hurricane or whatever. That your only option is going to be to go, you, you're going to have to go to an emergency room to get medical care. And for them to know that in advance so that they don't get into a situation where everything gets destroyed their pump, their supplies, their PN it's underwater. And then they say, Well, you didn't tell me what would happen. Well, if you tell them in advance, then we have to operate on full disclosure. And transparency for to create safety for our, our, our consumers.
0: So well, as we wrap up in the last couple of minutes, uh, Carol or Reed, do you have any other comments that you want to share with our listeners today?
1: Well this is Carol. One one other thing I I, I wanted to mention um, is that even when your power goes out and you live where it's very cold um It's not a good idea to put your parenteral nutrition bags in the snow. That's too cold. And I know that's been done. Um, So follow good and sensible rules, too, as you manage these challenging situations.
2: Those are good points, um, Carol. Uh, I did have one comment about escape plans. From a natural disaster, Uh, one of the things we tell our consumers is that if you're going to escape or move away from where you think the disaster is going to occur, that you have to have Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, so you 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 aren't just limited to going or traveling or relocating to a single location because That may fail. That may be um, somewhere's where you don't want to be. So you have to have an alternate um, escape route. And when you decide that you're going to escape the area where there's where the natural disaster is happening, that you should escape early, because if you wait until the very end or too late, then everybody else is traveling in their car at the same time. And you may be stuck in a major traffic jam right in the middle of the natural disaster, which is exactly where you do not want to be.
0: Well, I think this was really valuable information for me to hear and for our practitioners and even for our consumers. So I want to thank uh, Dr. Ireton Jones and Dr. Nishikawa for sharing their expertise with our listeners. I want to invite our readers to find out more about this topic and other challenges of home parenteral and enteral nutrition and the April 2019 issue of Nutrition and Clinical Practice.